Father, hello. I just want to make sure that you're associating yourself with the right kinds of people. Do you care to dance, Potentia? Um, you know, sod what all these people think. They're stuffy anyway. <laughs> you notice Gregory brought an interesting fellow with him. If Gregory trusts him, I trust Gregory. It is lovely to meet you. I am Archibald Wentworth III. What is your name? I am Potentia, daughter of Thamaris Hardoctrina. Meredith, I think uh, I'm growing rather tired of of this evening, and I, I think your services are complete. I hear that there is a, uh, a little bash going on at your place. Yes, I was actually going to suggest that we go and swing by there after this. I swear I heard a man scream. You round the corner and see a man collapse to the ground with a knife in his back. Standing over him is a human man wearing a butcher's apron, holding a meat cleaver. They are transparent. The meat cleaver is not as this knife cuts into you and hurts more than it should. Powers down. And now, we continue. So you, you turn to, to run away and it comes down on your back and you yeah. drop. Meredith. Meredith watches all of this happen and goes, <gasps> Harold! And then kind of like stands up tall and then basically like stamps her foot and then goes, e-, and like shouts at the ghost, enough! I have no idea who your wife was, but I absolutely believe that this is 100% not what she would have wanted. And can I roll a, roll a persuasion check? You can try and persuade this ghost. Here's 19. The ghost turns up from Harold's body and looks at you. It doesn't say anything. It just looks at you. Meredith just kind of looks at him and goes, Who was she? Tell me about her. It doesn't say anything. Um. But it raises its knife and points it at you. Meredith takes a step forward with both hands kind of raised and is like, Really? It's okay. Tell me about her. Are you doing anything else on your turn? You're just try- you're trying to appeal to this, this ghost's, uh, what's left of its humanity? Um, can I do a bonus action and cast Healing Word at Harold? Yes. Uh, so that's four plus three. You get seven back, Harold. So Harold has seven health. You find yourself lying on the ground. Your back quite sore. Yeah. The ghost flies towards you. Were you with my wife? Slashing down. Does a 13 hit? Uh, no. You manage to duck out of the way as the knife slices past you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, I wasn't. I want you to tell me about who she was. I don't even know who she is. I love my wife, but someone! At Potentia. At a point in space that means that the ghost is within 10 foot of it, but mm-hmm. Meredith is not, and Guy on ground is not. And I'm going to cast Shatter, which again, you just see Potentia grasp this necklace around her neck and like extend her hand out in front of her. Um, the ghost needs to make a con save. Ghosts aren't typically good at that. All right. It rolls a nine. That fails. Okay, so it is going to take 3d8 thunder damage. 
It takes 16 damage. The ripple of force washes over it. It's like a high-pitched, loud loud Mm. ringing noise that's painfully intense that happens in that area. So what you've done is you hit this ghost with this this force screech wave, and it ripples across this ghost, but not for as much as you think it should have. From the building next to where this ghost and Meredith are, from the roof, leaps a tall man with a, with a sword, and they plunge this sword into this ghost, landing next to Meredith. They have just appeared and, dro- and just launched themselves at this ghost with a sword that pierces this ghost's flesh, as if it was physical, as if it was no longer spectral. Mm. And this ghost cries out in pain as this tall, lanky man dressed in mostly black with a broad, toothy grin looks at Meredith. Don't worry, guard's here. The ghost is pinned to the ground, but still moving. Harold, this man, you would, Howard would recognize as Nikolai. And you hear, you hear footsteps running down the, the street that you've come down. So uh, I will use my movement, half of my movement, to stand up, still frightened, surveying the scene. I'm just focused on this ghost that just stabbed me in the back, and mm-hmm. I will roll with disadvantage to cast Guiding Bolt. Mm-hmm. Oof. No, it's a natural one. Your bolt uh, flies wide and, and misses. Do you do anything else? Uh, no. You've stood up, you've, cu- you've cast Guiding yep. Bolt. Meredith. This ghost is pinned to the ground next to you. I'm going to check on the man that's on the ground. He's frightened, but he seems fine. Okay, um, I'm going to shake him and um, and try and get him to sit up and, and acknowledge me. I'm basically just kind of, I've noticed that somebody else has got it handled. This ghost is going to try and scramble itself across the ground towards you. Mm-hmm. As it does so, though, uh, Nikolai cuts it in half. <laughs> Oi! And it begins to, to fade like smoke dissipating into the night. Mm-hmm. Does that mean the frightened effects are gone as well? Yes. So I can talk to this guy now? Yes. So I'm just going to, like, shake him on the shoulder and just be like, hey, it's okay, it's gone. Can you what tell me that? what happened? I was just, What's your name? I was, just, I was just walking down the street and this that guy just came out of the wall and said I slept with his wife. Well, did you? No. Okay, then. Neither did any of us, I don't think. Well, uh, these um, my friends have dealt with him, so I think I think you're safe now. What's your name? I'm Meredith, by the way. I'm 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 Jeff. It's hi Meredith. Hi Jeff. Okay, I want you to take some deep breaths. So while this is happening, can I stumble across the cobblestones because I'm in heels <laughs> right now? <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Um, towards. Harold, because I saw him get dropped. Okay. Basically. Um, it's going to take me a minute to not fall on my face. Yeah, the, 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 the combat yeah. adrenaline has, has slipped away and you now have to deal with wearing heels. You're no longer running away from a T-Rex in Jurassic Park. At this point, um, Harold will have um, found like a wall, you know, like mm-hmm. where the alley is, and it's just sort of sat, you know, like slumped against the wall, just sort of catching his breath, but just... Mm-hmm watching Nikolai the entire time. At this point, your brother rounds the corner towards you and sees you. It's Gregory. Um, I will use this moment to take a uh, health potion, which okay. is 2d4 plus 2. So that's 7 hit points uh, mm-hmm. recovered. So, so Gregory gets to, to, to Harold. Um, looking past you to see that, that Nikolai has finished off this ghost. Harold like 
He shakes your shoulders. Harold, are you okay? I'll be fine. Bit of a scare, the right night for it, but uh, no, I'm going to be okay. He he looks a little, he looks shaken, actually. This is like, you, you've grown up with your brother for a, you know, your whole life. And this is probably the first time you've actually seen him afraid. Uh, help me on my feet for you, brother. It's yeah, he you know, grabs your arm, here. helps you up. When I saw that thing, <sighs> I thought, well, I'm, I'm glad you're okay. Yes, I, um, I'm sorry to say I froze somewhat, actually, but uh, my friends were here, luckily, and they looked after me, and uh, your new companion over there was rather effective, it turns out, actually. Yes, he has some um, some interesting tools he's acquired throughout the years. And I, I look Gregory dead in the eyes, and I say, yes, I suppose if one has lived that long, one may expect to acquire certain objects. Uh, and he... he looks away from Nikolai and back to you. Sometimes we have to trust in the city that they have our best interest at heart. And I well, think... Well, I tell you what, Gregory, you you do that, and uh, I'm not sure I'm ready for, for that, but uh, I'll be looking out for you. Um, that actually causes him to, like, slightly chuckle. Look after me. All right, Harold. It could happen. No need to be so smug about it. And he just let, let, lets out this, like, deep. <sighs> this is another one for the uh, the tales that we probably don't tell parents about. I think you're right, yeah. Let's let's not tell mum and dad about this. <laughs> I think father hasn't quite uh, forgiven me for taking up my new post. Oh? I thought he would be proud of you for uh, getting a promotion? Yes, well, he was happy with the promotion. The, the where I've been promoted... Less so. Yes, well, we all worry about that, Gregory. Although I know you can handle yourself, but, you know, I'm, I'm not a little child anymore, and I, I meant what I said. I, I'll be here for you if you need it. And I appreciate that. Uh, so at this point, Potentia is, is walking over to, to you and Gregory. Um, you would have caught the tail end of that conversation, which was Harold saying that he'll look after Gregory, and Gregory saying he'll look after Harold. And a bit about the, maybe this is an adventure that we don't tell the parents about? Yes. Great. Yes, you would have caught that too. I She would walk to beside Harold, sort of eyeing Gregory up and down a little bit in the, like, I don't know who you are. Mm. But I'm guessing, based on what I just heard, that you're a brother, but I don't know who you are. He, he is wearing um, the guard uniform of the city. Mm. But uh, it is it is a bit, a bit more, like, formal, because um, he's got some... He's just come from a party, but yeah. Whereas uh, Nikolai is wearing a very, very altered guard uniform. There are there are traces of the guard uniform. You'd see the badge maybe on his belt, but at a glance, you wouldn't think he's a part of the guard. I'm sort of eyeing up Gregory, but I'm fully aware that like the next thing I'm likely to do is to mm. spin around and eye up Nikolai once uh, I work out who this person is and have checked mm. that Harold is okay. Gregory is just looking at Potentia and then back to Harold, back to Potentia. Back to Harold. Hi, I'm Gregory, Harold's older brother. Ah, the other one. And I just like turn, like look at Harold being like, thank you for doing the introduction thing. <laughs> you you get a face as if to say I was in no mood to, to tell yeah. you who this is. Are you all right? And I'm still looking at Gregory at this point. Uh, I'll be fine. I, I have a few potions. Uh, I, I think I'll be okay. Okay. If you're sure. Good. Um, sorry. Uh, Potentia, hi. And then extends her hand out to Gregory. He'll shake it. 
standing around awkwardly. That's not to measure. Oh yeah, like she's done. The, she's done the hi. This is who I am, but also has just been rebuffed. So she's now like yes. I don't. I, I... And Gregory is standing kind of off to the side, but between both of you and like potentially and Harold, in kind of that, am I a third wheel? What is happening? So as that happens, let's move over to to uh, Meredith. Um, so you're comforting this man who is, has just experienced the worst panic attack of their life and and Nikolai, who you haven't met yet, I remind you, um, yeah. strides over to you, flourishing his sword, sheathing it, and mm-hmm. then squats down next to you so that he is closer to because he's he's very tall. He's a yeah, foot yeah. taller than Gregory. And Meredith is is on her knees still. Meredith looks looks at Jeff and is like, okay, Jeff, what I'm going to need you to do is take some deep breaths. So just keep breathing in and out and just focus on your breathing, okay? Just focus on your breathing. Calm down. We've been there. I totally understand. Um, and then she turns to Nikolai and, and says, thank you for jumping in at the last second. I don't know what we would have done. Things were getting a little bit crazy. Um, I'm Meredith. Uh, he extends a hand. Nikolai. She shakes it. He's wearing gloves. You can't tell if he's cold ah, or not. Dang it. I was going to say. <laughs> no. Um, um, but he puts his other hand on Jeff. Good to see you're all right. Always nice to make sure citizens are safe. And he, he says it like it's a practice line. Like it's something he's rehearsed. Nikolai, do you know, do you, Jeff, do you guys yeah. know each other? No, I, I just, he, and he, he stands up. I am just a, a humble member of the guard here in this city. <gasps> oh, Oh, awesome. I was going to send somebody out to maybe see if we could find some somebody to help um, and just make sure Jeff is taken care of and looked after. Yeah, it's good to see that you're here. Do you need us to do anything? What do you? Um, what can we do? Oh, I'm sure someone from the, the City Watch will come along. I have other tasks that need attending to tonight. He looks over at Gregory. Gregory, are you done with checking your brother? Brother? Oh, I didn't meet you. Oh, I'm sorry, Meredith. Perhaps you didn't have a chance to meet at the party. This is my no. brother Gregory. I think I told you before he's part of the city guard. Yes, um, I think so. He recently got promoted to... Um, oh, congratulations. Yes, yes I'm a, a, a just a car now. Wow, that's fantastic. And you've met my partner, Nikolai? Jumped in, literally, at the last second. Um, is there anybody that you guys can uh, send for to help us out or anywhere, any advice that you could give us? Can we take Jeffrey somewhere? Uh, he pulls out um, uh, something from his pocket, whispers into it, puts it back. Someone will be along shortly. Excellent. Thank you so much. I'm glad to see that you're all, all okay. Oh, me too. Things were a bit dicey there for a while. Yes, well, on these kinds of nights, the, the undead are, are quite restless. Ghosts are around. So this is common? Well, um, these these kind of nights, new moons happen, as you would know, quite mm. regularly, mm-hmm. uh, and ghost activity, that kind of stuff, does pop up. But um, on these uh, spirit moon festivals, there's a lot more activity, and uh, it just happened that Nikolai were in the area um, that you encountered a, a bit of an urban legend. Oh, really? Mm. That guy's yes, been stalking uh, the streets for a while, has he? Indeed, and uh, mm. we're lucky to, to catch him tonight. Um, Potentia is looking slightly dejected, having just listened to having just listened to Harold enthusiastically introduce his brother to Meredith, and despite the fact she was standing right there, having had that not happen. Mm-hmm. Oh no! To be fair, Meredith definitely inserted herself into that exchange. Doesn't matter. I know it a hundred percent doesn't matter. Um, Nikolai, we'll, we'll walk over to. The group. We didn't mean to to keep you from your evening. If you have other plans, you don't have to stay with Jeff. We'll take care of him. Actually, that might be handy. 
It's probably better if somebody from the City Watch takes care of it and maybe takes a statement or whatever you need to do. Do you need anything from us? No, no. I I was here to, to handle the situation. There's not much follow-up on this incident, I don't think. Uh, Gregory, you know, like, he'll smile. We've got things covered. It's fine. And Nikolai will smile at you as well, which might undo Gregory's smile, depending on how you interpret <laughs> his, his, okay. his very broad grin. Meredith takes Jeff's hand and says, okay, Jeff, I'm going to go with my friends. Um, but what I want you to do, um, and she kind of takes out a, a piece of parchment um, with uh, an address on it, um, and she said, hand, presses it into Jeff's hand and says, can you send me a note when you get home and let me know that you're okay? He, he, he takes it. Okay. Thank okay. You. Great. It was so nice to meet you, and I'm so glad you're okay. Let me know when you get home, okay, all right? Okay. And then she um, walks off with Harold and Potentia. Um, so as we walk to the uh, university, do you want to have a conversation as we walk or are we going to have a conversation at the university? Harold is probably pretty quiet mm. given what's just happened. I feel like this is a, yeah, this is a walk in yep. silence moment. Yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, mm. Meredith maybe is trying to have a conversation but the other two of us are like... I think she would in this point. I think she's... You know, potentially got enough emotional intelligence to recognise that <laughs> the other two mm. might need a bit of a bit of the cheer of the night. Yeah. Uh, has kind of drained away a little bit. Mm-hmm. As you make your way towards Griffin Hall, you can hear the music in the distance kind of pumping away. Um, and there are people milling about outside. And everyone's holding these red cups. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, a couple seem to be smoking as you get to the party. Do I smell anything interesting about the smoke? <laughs> uh, give me a nature check. Oh, now I get a 15. 18. Some of this smoke is not just tobacco smoke. Keeping us PG-13, there is additional ingredients in some of this smoke. Harold will walk up to one of them and say, Hello, you here for the party? Yeah. I have had been a good the night. world's worst evening so far i don't suppose you have any of that to go around do you oh mate yeah uh sure and he'll he'll take a it's a rolled piece of paper with some kind of plant material inside and he'll pass it across to you and i'll just stash that inside my jacket pocket oh thank you very much have a good evening it's all right mate have a good one all right should we go in Mm-hmm. meredith your friend louise that at the door Hey, Louise, how's it going? Meredith, it's good seeing you. Yeah, you too. Um, where do I know Louise from? Is she a friend from the hall or is she a fellow She's bard? She's a, a bard from this mm-hmm. college. Okay, cool. Who is What's somebody a- that you created at some point in, during our recording sessions. You're like, oh, that's my friend, Louise. Yes, I wrote, I wrote that down. Hey, Louise, have you met my friends yet? This is Harold and this is Potentia. And this is my friend Louise. Hey, guess what? Oh, hi, Potentia. Harold. Hello. Uh, I just give a sort of one of those single hand waves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same. Um, what, Meredith? I got paid for my first bar job tonight. Yes! yes. High fives. Woo! Double, double high fives. Many high fives. <laughs> yeah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. It was good so job. much fun. It was really good. Redding was there as well. He said to say hello. I haven't seen him for ages. I know. He's been AWOL a bit, hasn't he? Mm, well, I think he Apparently went Apparently doing an awful... Yeah, I think so. He's back, though. That's good. Um, good. Yeah. So it was really so, fun. Um, 
Are these your plus twos? Yes. Yeah, no, they're coming in with me. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. I figured it would be. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I think I, I'm I'm on the door, but just, you know, between you and me, I'm letting everyone in. I figured. Um, but there's this there's this really big guy on the dance floor <gasps> and you need to check him out because he is like rocking it. Awesome. Okay. I will definitely go. Can you describe him for me? Or will I just see him when he's in there? When uh, I'm, I'm, in there? I'm pretty sure he's big. I think he's in the Barbarian Society. <gasps> oh, yes. I'm sure that's uh, that's our friend Gore, I believe. Yes. Who would have I thought he, he has such, uh, such de- dexterous feet? Okay. okay. I have to see this. I'm sorry. Yes, me too. Louise, we'll check in with you later. Thank you for letting us in. And I will sure. see you at some point, I'm sure. Just come and, like, hit me with something later like poke my head i don't know okay i'll see you soon um so you walk into this room it is full of people uh in the middle there's a dance floor everyone's playing like dancing to some bards up on a stage uh everyone is holding these like red cups there appears to be a bench on the side with like a, a large bowl of punch and a pile of these uh, and just a singular red cup that people grab and produce red cups from this singular red cup. Yes. Nice. <laughs> uh, and there's a lot of people just like milling around the side. Um, there's it looks to be the remains of like some snacks and thick chips and, and nibbly kind of food, but it's mostly gone at this stage. Mm-hmm. Harold, uh, mm. a woman runs up to you, someone that you recognize from the Adventurous Society. Okay, how she runs up to say, Katya! Ah, I didn't realize you were going to be here tonight. Of course, Harold. There's a bunch of us here. I'm so glad to see you. Yes, me too. It's been a little while, hasn't it? I think. Yeah. Um. Hey, you should come over and chat with us. Have you got any? Have heard any stories from your uncle? Uh, well, unfortunately, uh, none from my uncle. But I have a few of my own, you know. Now, uh, Meredith, come come over here. Um. Hey, what's up? This is. Katya, she is the vice president of the Adventurers Appreciation Society. Oh, the Adventurers Guild. Awesome. I didn't know they had a chapter here at the university. And Meredith's kind of uh, just like... Well, uh, we're, we're with the Appreciation Society. Um, we aren't actually oh. adventurers, but we, we, you know, we like talking about what adventurers, like famous adventurers and stories and things. Oh, okay. We, we, head, we sometimes head over to the, the Three Heroes Adventurers Guild mm-hmm. um, for like a meal night. Oh, cool. We aren't adventurers, but they let us pay for a table sometimes. Oh, nice. Oh, you must hear so many awesome stories. Oh, yeah. Have you heard some of Harold's stories? He has some of the best. Really? And she kind of looks at at Harold and goes, really? As if to say, no, I have not heard any of these stories. Do tell. Yes, well, obviously I I haven't been on too many adventures myself, but um, my uncle Faustus is uh, a very famous adventurer around for Masters and beyond, Mm -hmm. and... uh, he had some Hang pretty on. wild ones back in the day. Oh, interesting. Yes, he was, uh, he was a rather famous, uh, you know, like dungeon delver. In fact, his little band really? of adventurers was called the Delvers. And Meredith would have heard of the Delvers. I'm sorry. What? Your uncle was in the Delvers? Yes, he was the, uh, he was kind of a bit of a swashbuckling type. Uh, they would, they would recover artifacts and other interesting things, sometimes for themselves, sometimes oh on behalf of others. Oh my goodness. And yes, he's gotten into a few scrapes in his time. Yes, one of my favourites is he almost got mummy rot from uh, a mummy in this, this tomb that he oh was... Oh my goodness! ...he was exploring, yes. Why did you not tell me that you had such an interesting uncle? I have to meet him some um, sometime. You're going to have to bring him down to the cafe. There is this, like, slight look of, like, aren't yeah, I interesting enough? Yeah, doesn't know. Yeah. Uh, on Harold's face. 
Oh, I'm sorry, well, did I say something wrong? No, 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 of course. Um, you know, the, the thing is, um, actually, Faustus has been missing for a, a few years. And, oh, um, no. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, so it, it's... I don't, I don't talk about it as much. You know, when I was young, I was obsessed with him. I would tell mm. everybody that I was the, uh, the nephew of, of Faustus Wentworth. Mm. And uh, that's actually one of the reasons why um, I wanted to pursue... This research, this, this this sphere that I have, was actually recovered by him on one of his adventures. Oh, I think I remember you telling me that. Yeah. Yes, and he gave it to me, and um, now I, I I want to study it to, to honour him a little. And oh, that's I don't so know, lovely. Maybe maybe one day it might help me find him. You don't know, but Katya is hanging off of every word you say. <laughs> How have you just arrived? Yes, I only just got here. You know, you wouldn't believe what happened to us on the way here. I was at my father's annual party for the, the, the festival and um well why don't we sit down i can i can tell you all about it well um I, you don't have a drink she takes your hand let's get let's get mm-hmm. you a drink and she walks with you over towards the, the drinks table right i i go and get a drink hey uh, kate here if you've been enjoying the show we'd love if you could rate and review the podcast on your podcast app of choice and while you're at it why not recommend the show to a friend it really helps us to spread the word if you want to learn more about the world of Dungeons and Doctorates or submit questions and messages, check out dndoctorates.com. That's dndoctorates.com. Back to the show. Potentia, how are you doing? I think when she arrived, like the second that the conversation became Adventurers Appreciation Society, she buggered off. She's gone to try and find anyone else she knows there okay. because... Give me a perception roll. 15. In the middle of the dance floor, with both arms in the air like he just doesn't care, you see Gore dancing, raising the roof. Yes! Um, whether or not you want to make your way onto the dance floor is something you may or may not want to do. Um, but a bit of a wallflower on the far wall is Michael. I think Potentia has had enough of dance floors for the evening. Uh, mm-hmm. So she's going to sort of make her way around the edge of the dance floor. Um, still kind of vaguely keeping an eye on where Harold and... Well, she can't really see Meredith because... Too many people. Meredith is tiny. But she's sort of keep, keeping a vague eye on where they are because she doesn't want to lose them entirely in this throng of people that she doesn't know makes her way to Michael on the far wall. Uh, Michael is, is watching the dance floor, so he doesn't quite notice you when you first get there. Can I ask what he's wearing in a, like, not weird way? Mm-hmm. So, so his costume that he is wearing, it is perfectly accurate... Um, costume of one of the one of the king's guard. Oh. Michael, oh, oh. such a sweetie. I just kind of I assume he's leaning against the wall. Yeah. Yeah, he's leaning against the wall. He has a has a red cup with a drink in it. I will lean up against the wall because my feet hurt because because cobblestones suck and just kind of be like, hey, Tentia, hi. Well, this seems like it's been going. Well, I'd say well, but it's hard to know. I just arrived. Yeah, it's um, it's a pretty wild party. I mean, you've seen Gore, and he points out Gore across. He's hard to miss. He is. He like looks you up and down. Those heels look rough. Can I find you a chair? Uh, it's fine. I will. I will sit shortly. I should. The leaning helps. No, I. I insist. I'm gonna. I'm gonna grab you a chair. You stay right there, and he like walks to find you. To try and find you a chair. Been abandoned at a party, leaning against the wall. It's fine. Can I cast my eyes around and see if I recognize anyone? else like i've obviously seen gore pumping away and michael has just disappeared off but given i am now in a different angle can i survey that mm-hmm. um as you're okay. give me a perception roll 
Nat 20. You, you see a couple people that you recognize from market day, mm-hmm. like you, who you didn't interact with, but like, oh, that was the person from the Regicide Society. That was the guy from Wizard Society. There's a couple of bards I recognize who were dancing with Meredith. Yeah, a couple a couple barbarians um, from the the, um, barbar- the the various parties you've been to with barbarians and barbarian chess. Um, Heidi appears to be over in the corner chatting with some friends. You don't see Bonin. You don't see Nora. You wouldn't expect to see Bonin. No. Do I see any of my office mates? Was actually what I was trying to suss out. Is, uh, do no, I see? You don't, you don't see any of your office friends here. That thing that some people do at parties, which is just the sort of lean against a wall and just surveying and watching to see if anyone's misbehaving or doing things that they will regret tomorrow. Or mm. <laughs> because I am a, I'm a hundred percent overdressed and I'm I'm not going anywhere near the dance floor. So that's. Um, as you're standing there and leaning, uh, a man walks up to you. He appears to be an elf. He's dressed in a costume which would be a stereotypical orc costume. Leathers, um, mm-hmm. like exposed chest. Mm-hmm. He, he's walking over with two drinks towards you. Um, hey there. You look like you don't have a drink. Can I offer you one? Can I take it but not drink it? Yeah, you can take it. She doesn't trust taking a drink that she hasn't seen poured at a thing like this. In the, in the way that the last party was uncomfortable because she knew exactly what she was walking into, she's walked into this party and has is like, I, ha, I, I don't... This is the first campus party she's ever been to. That is like a party. So, uh, haven't seen you around campus before? No, uh, I just started this semester. Okay, I'm Raymond. I'm uh, president of the Adventurer Appreciation Society. Who, and, and can I ask your name? He takes a, a, a sip of his drink. She stiffens very slightly at the mention of the Adventure Appreciation Society. Uh, Potentia. And she just sort of, like, looks back away from him at the rest of the party. Mm, yeah, like Potentia, he, like, repeats your name. It's a beautiful name. It's a good elven name, that name. Yes, well, I, I, would, I would assume that it is reasonably clear that I am an elf. With that slight, like, mm, mm-hmm, thank you, Captain Obvious. Thank you. Yes, it is, oh, I, it is my name. Yeah, my my parents decided to give me a more more common name here in Ferromasters, so I unfortunately don't have a, a nice elven name. And you didn't choose your own name when you came, looks him up and down, of age? Uh, he would be maybe a, he would be maybe a few decades younger than you, mm-hmm. but he's still like an adult. He's still a young adult. I, uh, you've caught him kind of by surprise. Oh, well, I haven't really done that. I didn't mean it like that. You know, actually, I, I'm the one who tries to grab your attention. I'm the one who actually supplied these, these red cups to the party. If you notice, I'm not sure you can see it from here, but on the drink table, there's a, a magical red cup that uh, you can take copies of almost almost infinitely. They, they only last a couple hours, but they're, they're disposable, basically. So a conjurer by training or similar, then? Uh, uh, well, I, no, I, I bought the cup, the original, from the Adventurer's Guild. Ah, wow. And she just sort of, again, it's yeah, just yeah. moving that attention from, like, mm-hmm. this person right next to you to, like, slightly more vague. Um, so I'm going to take your perception roll from earlier, Kate. As you're looking away from him, like, down that, that side wall, um, a door kind of creaks open. Through it, you see Nora, and she looks at you, kind of motions you over. And I turn back to... Raymond and be like, well, I just arrived and I have to do the rounds to see who's here and do the social thing. Yeah, of course. Uh, I'll be I'll be here when you get back. He, like smiles at you. She turns and walks away, not fast because there's like a crowd of people. As you as you walk away, he calls after you. Enjoy that drink, Meredith. 
Um, okay, can I do a perception check um, and have a look at, at what's going on in the room and see where I want to go? Oh, that's a seven. I think this is the perfect example of uh, someone wandering through a party trying to see someone they know. And you know, mm-hmm. like, lots of people, but you're like, I'm looking for someone in particular. Like, mm-hmm. You're trying, like, trying to find your way around. Yeah, I'm aimless and awkward. <laughs> in fact, can you please make a dexterity saving throw? Yes. Oh, that's a one. Oh, hang on. I'm a halfling. I'm lucky. Never mind. Nine. So somebody has kind of stumbled out of the dance floor, just bowled you over completely. <gasps> yeah. But someone catches you. Oh, oh my goodness. It's this man who is early 20s human. Mm-hmm. Hey, are you okay? Yeah. Yes, I'm totally fine. It's all good. Don't worry about it. Happens all the time. Hey, I, I think I've seen you around um, campus. Meredith's like but dusting I, herself off a little bit. Yeah? Um, I mean, I only just got here. Oh, I, I mean, I saw you like playing at the bar table on orientation day. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think I saw you maybe at the bar once. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm Meredith. Uh, I'm Alwyn. Nice to meet you, Alwyn. Can I, do you want to get a drink or something? Sure. I mean, you did kind of knock me over, so it's only fair. Yeah, I'm sorry. I <laughs> Two left feet. Ah, it's all good. Come on, let's go. Harold is standing with Katya and a couple other people from the Adventurers Appreciation Society. Um, and they've kind of formed a circle near the drinks table. So Meredith and Alwyn are moving over there. It'll take, take a bit of time to get there. Um, okay. So Harold, you and Katya have gotten drinks and mm-hmm. you've formed a bit of a circle to, to chat about some of your adventures. Um, and you were just regaling them about uh, one of your adventures you've had in the past month. Yeah, and I'll say, and would you believe it, we were literally just halfway across campus and this giant blue spider appear, like <laughs> materialises out of nowhere. And you wouldn't even believe it, this thing just materialises right over Potentia's shoulder. She didn't even see it at first. And of course, you know, I, I tried to talk to it because, well, you know, maybe things could be reasonable, but it just hissed at me. And it did not want to hear it at all. And then it just poof, bounced out of, uh, seemingly out of existence altogether. And then popped in again. Um, this time, I believe it was over Meredith's shoulder. Oh, there she is. Just, and then I, I, I see Meredith at this point and sort of point over to Meredith. And Potentia, she just like throws a fireball at the thing. And I, I, I bring down this moonbeam, just sort of skewering the spider. And... Um, you know, eventually, um, I think Potentia put it to sleep, but we had to rush. We only had like a minute to get this thing back in its cage. Goodness knows even how it escaped, but luckily we defeated the thing and now everything is okay. I really want Harold to roll a performance check for me to see how well he tells this story as well. Not too bad. 15. Oh yeah, they are, they are very impressed and very, enth- like very enthused by this, this story. They, I want to hear more. Meredith kind of comes up to the um, the table and picks up a cup and hands it to Alwyn, and it, then she. So you, you, as you grab the cup, it like separates from the the cup uh-huh. on the table still, and you have now a red cup in your hand, but there's yeah. still a red cup on the table. Yeah, and so I'd hand one to Alwyn, and then I pick up another one for myself and start pouring some drinks, and then I turn to Harold and I'm like, "Did we ever find out what happened to the spider?" Um, no, I think it. Uh, I think it just went back into that cage at the the research lab. I assume it's still there. At least I hope so, because. Yeah. Yeah. That thing was terrifying. It really was. It was not fun. It, uh, it actually bit right through Meredith's shoulder at one point, I, yep. I believe. It sure did. That did not tickle. No. And then we had this whole incident in, in the library of all places. 
Um, some of the books came to life. It's a shame Potentia's not here. Um, she, she, like, she just threw this massive firebolt at this thing and it just burst into flames, just completely disintegrating. It was crazy. She's pretty cool. We'll leave that conversation and move to Potentia, who is well across the room now, who has arrived at this, this door that Nora was at. Potentia gets to this, it's like a side room off from this, this main one. It is a hallway off from the hall. And Nora is there with a man you've never met. And the man's holding like a briefcase. Potentia, I'm, I'm really happy to see you. This is Nora. I haven't seen you since the library. Are you all right? Yeah, I'm doing well. And you're... She stops. You look great. I mean, what use is it being a high elf if you can't impress from time to time? Consider me impressed, <clears throat> says the man. Hi, I'm, I'm Hearn. Hearn Shaman. No one? Okay, cool. Um... Sorry, I I just don't know what you want, need, who you are. I Nora didn't. Oh right, Nora, do you want to? And he starts like messing with the briefcase. Oh yeah, sorry, I um got distracted. Yeah, this is Hearn. Um, he's from the necromancy department. He's kind of a, a friend. Hearn looks back. I would say associate, associate of mine. We've been uh, kind of working our way across campus, dealing with some some things tonight um and i'm really happy to see you because we could use some help i'm gonna cut back into the hall the the music stops and on stage uh, is raymond who has abandoned waiting for potential he's on stage and the bards stop playing music i just want to take this moment to thank everyone uh for being here tonight i know i'm not the one who technically organized everything but the adventure appreciation society chipped in and uh i, I wanted to share with you this cool thing for the tonight's spooky event and he produces this metal pyramid shape. It, it fits in his in his hand. It is a four-sided pyramid made of a, a very old um, battered looking metal. Uh, mm-hmm. It would be roughly the size of like an orange or an apple. Jump back to Potentia and Nora. Hearn opens his briefcase and there are a select there are a number of these metal rods with crystals on them. These are a, a I've been working on some things to help deal with certain spiritual undead. As you may know, they are difficult to deal with, resistant to a lot of different kinds of magic, and um, they're pretty easy to use. Uh, and you just kind of point, it's kind of a point and click type deal. I'm sure if you had experience with magical rods, um, they're very good. What they do is they kind of allow people to grab and manipulate spirits from a distance. Mm-hmm cut back to the party Raymond makes his way to the middle of the room holding this pyramid above his head this is an artifact I picked up from the adventurers guild it is said that contained within is a ghostly spirit that if you listen to it you can hear its wails which is why I've asked the bards to stop playing music just for a moment so you can all appreciate Rookie Pyramid jump back to Potentia, Nora and Hearn a door leading outside opens Bonin steps in looks at the three of you takes one of the rods library is haunted activates the rod good luck he walks back outside back to the room as he holds this pyramid above his head people are like listening to this ghostly wail and they all you know some of them start applauding because this is you know cool and spooky but raymond's not smiling anymore he looks concerned and as the clock begins to ring for midnight that whale gets louder and louder and louder until the 
pyramid itself is shaking and then it explodes, sending three metal shards in different directions and people panic as mm-hmm. this happens because he was in the middle of the dance floor mm-hmm. when this happened. Potentia, you don't have to roll. Somewhere, somewhere behind you, something explodes and you hear people scream. Initiative rolls from everybody. Nine, five, three. So I'm going to say that while you've been at this party, you have rested. So I'm going to give you a short rest. If some of you get spells back, some things refresh. Thirteen. All right. So standing above Raymond, who is now laying on the ground, blown back by the explosion, is a ghostly creature in armor, full suit of armor. They have a hood that comes up obscuring part of their face but they just have they have a skull lit from within so that just blue light comes out from their mouth their eyes their nose and they are cloaked in this breathing blue flame cool and people in the party are freaking out Uh uh-huh as you would expect they would so first up is this creature this ghostly knight looks around the room sees gore and michael who is helping him up extends his hand towards them and these spiritual chains appear which bind around them and they will take some damage as well so they take some damage as these these ghostly chains wrap around them and pin them to the ground uh, and they will have to make strength saving throws oh michael is pinned to the ground completely but mm-hmm. gore is 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 on his back, resisting them, fighting them. People scatter. They run out of doors. One person smashes the window and tries to leap through it. Everyone is scattering. These three shards of this pyramid lie on opposite sides of the room, still intact, but separated from each other. Meredith. Mm -hmm. Can Meredith um, roll an insight check? Because I want to see if putting the three pieces of the pyramid together is going to do something. Arcana or religion? Hmm, well, they're both plus two, so it doesn't really matter. Ah, four. At a glance, you can't tell. You okay. do know, you, you suspect this creature was imprisoned inside of it, but don't know anything mm-hmm. else. I am going to... Oh, okay, so I'm going to cast Healing Word on Michael, um, and I'll do a first-level spell. And so that's 1d4 plus three. Seven points of healing to Michael. Nora grabs one of these rods, twists it, and runs into the room. And she is going to point this rod at this this ghost and fire a beam of energy, which misses and cracks into the ceiling above it. Potentia. How many rods are there in the case? There are three rods left. Can I grab two? Yes, you can grab two. I will run into the other because I basically want to follow her lead and do that, much as I don't know what it's necessarily going to do. Make a ranged spell attack. 22. That hits. A beam of energy uh, erupts from your rod striking this ghostly knight and as it can as it hits that beam becomes almost a physical tether between you and this knight and this creature needs to make a save fails you can now on your turn as an action move this thing or attempt to move this thing up to 10 feet in a direction of your choice it is in the middle of the dance floor i'm gonna ask how big the room is the room is 40 feet by 60 feet so it is currently 17 and a half feet or whatever from a wall. Yes. Uh, Hearn is going to take one of these rods, run in as well, and fire. And miss. Jeez, okay. Harold. All right, seeing the uh, the creature. 
It is, it is hovering five foot off the ground. I am going to cast Fairy Fire on its location. Any creatures in the area have to make a dexterity saving throw. Uh, they roll 15. Oof. All right. I'm at the back of the room. I'm going to stay where I am for now. So I'm going to describe some, other, some more of the room. As I mentioned, Raymond's on, the, on his back, like trying to screw away from this creature. Katya and the other Adventurer Appreciation Society members have taken refuge behind the table that you are standing next to, Harold. Aldwin is standing where Meredith left him, and everyone else seems to be clearing away away from this creature. The ghost's turn. It is going to to howl with frustration. It is uh, attempting to free itself from this energy binding it has. Uh, it does not, but instead it conjures a spear made of blue flame, but it used its whole turn to attempt to resist that thing and conjure the spear. Raymond's going to get to his feet and leg it, uh, but as he does so, he provokes an attack. Out of the corner of this ghost's eye, it sees Raymond running, and it turns and throws this spear, Ooh. which goes through Raymond, leaving a scorch mark on the floor. Raymond is going to take nine points of piercing damage plus some fire damage uh, and he is not moving on the ground Meredith you are next to Gore and Michael normally I think Meredith's in, like instinct would be to go and help people who need help but she I think knows that we need to get Michael and Gore into this fight if we're going to have a chance we need as many people as we possibly can so I'm going to look at the chains how like what can I touch them? Can I do anything to them? They look like chains made of like ghosts. Mm-hmm. Like they, they are translucent the way this ghost is. But when you go to grab them, they uh, appear like they feel solid. Uh, you take one point of necrotic damage as you touch it. Okay, so touching it bad. Um, can I pull my rapier out and like touch it with the rapier and what does that do so so far you've, you've touched it which I, i'm gonna say is a freebie but if you start if you interact with this more it's going to take up larger action right okay actually what i might do is get my dagger out and like insert it through one of the links lever one of the links to try and and strain it to break it so i can free okay. gore make a athletics check that's a one but i'm lucky so i will re-roll that's a 10. It is not enough to break these chains. Well, I'm going to use a bonus action in inspiration okay. to Potentia. Like, Potentia, I'm going to be here for a little while. Um, you need to hold it. <laughs> Concentrate. Nora is going to fire the, the rod again and hit this time. Uh, so there are now two beams attached to this this ghostly knight. Um, and she looks over at you and, and smiles like, we've got it, Potentia. Girl squad. Is there anyone near it, or is it, like, by it, itself? It is currently by itself. Everyone has cleared away from it. The only person who was next to it was Raymond, who is now still technically next to it, but not not in a way that he's standing. How far away is Raymond from it? Uh, Raymond is... He is directly behind it. He is also five feet down from it, because it's floating five feet in the air. Am I going to hit him, is my question, because I wouldn't I wouldn't cast that if he was going to get hit by it. Do you know what I mean? If you if you hit centre of mass on this ghost knight, you will not hit Raymond. I'm going to uh, cast Ice Knife. So you, you conjure an Ice Knife and you hurl it. 19? 14 plus 5. Yeah. That I hits. Know. That hits. Cool. For 9 points of piercing damage. Okay. Is there anything else you're doing on your turn? Can I... Sw- Wing him so he's like five foot from a wall. Yes, he gets a, a chance to resist. Like I, I try to resist yeah. this, but he he does resist it. He fights right. back. I 
also want to make sure that I am Nora and I are both tethered to him, but far enough apart that if there was an area of effect spell of like a cone shape that we're not right next to each other. You could move uh, like stepping away from Nora so that you're further apart. Yep. Yeah. You can do that. Hearn has just seen one of the, the shards of this pyramid, which is close by. He makes a religion check and realizes we need to get it back in its tr- in its trap, in its its prison. With the with the rod still in his hand, but not firing it, runs over and grabs one third of this pyramid. Can I ask, do we know where the other thirds are? You'll need to make perception checks to see them. Harold can see where, where one of them is, because he is excellent passive perception, but the other one would need to be mm-hmm. uh, check because it has flung in the other side of the room. So, Harold. That is a natural 20 on a perception check. Do yes. I nice. the shard? You definitely do. It has lodged itself right. among some party decoration in the far wall. How far away from me is the, the thing? If you ran straight towards it, it is 30 feet. You'd have to skirt the night. You could take a more roundabout path to it. I will use my action as I draw the constellation sphere in my hand and, and swirl it around. You see the form of a constellation appear on my body. And on my back is a bow made of stars and a sling with arrows. You see my form embody the constellation you would know as the archer. Yes. And I will take my movement as far as I can around the edge of the room, probably not quite getting to the shard. And with a bonus action, I will draw from my quiver an arrow made of stars and fling it back and fire towards the uh, the ghost. For those at home, what, what have you just cast? So I didn't actually cast anything. As part of my Circle of the Stars uh, Druid subclass, I can use my wild shape to transform into one of three constellation forms. And this one is the form of the Archer, which allows me as a bonus action to make a ranged starlight arrow attack, which does 1d8 plus 4 radiant damage cool. if it hits. Spell attack bonus is... So that's a 17 to hit on that attack. That, that hits. And that does seven points of radiant damage. Nice. That is going to deal additional damage to this creature. Probably keeping the shard in my periphery and just concentrating on the knight, but that is everything that I can do this turn. It's turn. So it says some arcane words from the ground, clawing out of the floorboards are two skeletons, and it points at Harold, and they turn to look at you. Mm-hmm. And you're going to try and resist these beams. It fails. Potentia's beam fails. Nora's beam. All right. It is still contained. Rolling for Michael. Try and resist these chains. Gora is going to use your sword, Meredith, and attempt to free himself. Oh, Gora rolls a 23. Woo. And yes. with some excellent anchor point that you've now provided him, he's able to flex and snap that chain, freeing himself. He will stand up. Uh, he still hold your he's still holding your your weapon Meredith okay. which is quite small in his hand but <laughs> it's better than nothing he has he's unarmed apart from this weapon uh, and he's going to rage Meredith you're up can I see um, using my passive perception where the the other two bit, bits of the pyramid have gone so you see the one that Hearn is holding mm-hmm. you can't see the one that Harold has run after but you can see mm-hmm. the one that is more obviously nearby I'm going to go for that you can reach it in this turn in fact yeah, I'm going to go and grab it. So you are now holding third of this this pyramid, and it feels cool to the touch, but doesn't hurt when you hold it. All right, Nora looks at Potentia and says, while holding the rod, you lead, I'll follow Potentia. She's going to assist you now. If you go to move it, you'll, you'll get extra. Can I see where Harold is? 
the, the room is cleared out of, of people mostly, so that the room is very obvious where Harold is. He's running towards something you don't know what it's running towards, but... Based on where I think he is going, based on the direction mm-hmm. he has run, and I assume I can see Meredith and Hearn. Yes. But what I want to do is try and move, using my bonus action, move it to, like, the middle of those three points. Um, give me a intelligence check to work out how close you get to this ideal middle point. Fifteen. Yeah, you, you do some quick math in your head and you like triangulate. Okay, it's going to go here and you pull it where you want it to go. How far am I physically, me, from Skelly number one and number two? So Skelly number one and number two are next to where he is currently, which is 40 feet from you because he's on the other side of the room. Going to uh, hurl an ice knife at one of the skeletons with a view that they're both right next to each other. My goal is to kind of take them out before they can take out so you're aiming at a skeleton? Yeah. Roll to hit. 16. Hits. Roll your damage. One of the skeletons gets 1d10. Mm-hmm. It gets 6 okay. damage. And then they both have to make dex saves. All right. So the one you hit rolls a 10. So that fails. The one next to it rolls a... Oh, jeez. 19. Ah, uh, that one succeeds, unfortunately. So the one that I hit takes an extra 10 cold damage. It explodes. The knife <laughs> impacts it, and then the explosion rips it apart. That's all I can do. Hearn is going to attempt to fire his rod. He misses, my gosh. But he sees that Meredith is holding one of these pyramid shards, and he can see that Harold's running for one, so he you know, is ready for that. Harold. So I see a skeleton just exploded in front of me, but there is another one standing still? Yes. Given that I am not keen to be accosted by this skeleton, I will take my bonus action. Not a good roll, though. Eight to hit with the constellation arrow. It misses. Your arrow goes yep. wide. I'll take the sphere and do an arcing motion pointing towards the skeleton and attempt to cast Guiding Bolt. 21 to hit. Hits. And that does 15 radiant damage to the skeleton. Kills it outright. Yeah. With my movement and free action, I will pick up the shard, which I assume I have enough movement yes, you to get, do you now. get to the shard and you remove it from the wall. I assume I, it took me, say, five feet to get that last yes. little bit to the shard. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I have, yeah. like, uh, checks notes, 30... So I have 25 feet left, maybe, just to try and skirt around the room again towards yep. whoever I think has the nearest shard, piece of shard. That will be um, Hearn. Yes, so this ghost is going to see that you all have shards. It's not dumb. It is going to attempt to free itself. Uh, so I'm going to roll for Nora first. Nat 20. It frees itself from Nora's beam. No! Okay. And Potentia... It does not free itself from your beam. Okay, so we've at least got one. And then it is going to conjure its spear again. Gore runs at this ghost with Meredith's sword. Does not hit. It strikes against the ghost's armor and Mm -hmm. deflects off. Michael manages to pull himself up from the ground. He's no longer completely restrained, but he's not free. Mm-hmm. Meredith. Meredith is going to run around to where, or try to start making a way around to where Yeah, Hearn you can is. get from where you are, you can get to Hearn. Okay, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to scramble and um, and get to where Hearn is and say, hey, I've got one. What do we do? Give it here. Okay, I give it to him. Um, so you still have an action. Yeah, I'm going to do something about Raymond because he's lying on the ground. He's not looking yeah. great. You don't know how many death saves he's passed or failed. I'm going to cast Healing Word, and I'll make it first level. Roll it. So that is five. You see him breathing. <gasps> yes! Thank goodness. Okay, good. All right, Nora is going to fire fire this rod. She hits, and it doesn't resist it. It grabs fully onto the thing, yes. and she, she nods to Potentia. Potentia, you're up. 
kind of like up and next to it. So think in line with its head, which probably makes it more than five. Like, is that would that mean that nobody's within ten foot of that spot? Yes. Yeah. You'd, you'd actually technically be hitting part of the ceiling, but yes, that's fine. I mean, it's not your ceiling. No, it's mine. I'm basically going to cast shatter in the space by its head, in part because I'm, my goal is to disorient it, mm-hmm. uh, if because because loud noises. But I kind of want to make it happen on the side of it that is away from me. If that makes sense. Um, so it's a con save for it. Okay. Oh, that one. Go- ghosts just don't have good con saves. They don't like. They don't need health. Technically, the ceiling also takes three d eight. So that's sixteen. <laughs> this ghost does not appear to resist the thunder damage, but actually, your blast will destroy the hood it's wearing and and crack its armor so now it's just an exposed blue flaming skull and also you dealt that damage to the ceiling and now i'm gonna roll a constitution saving throw for the ceiling so the ceiling cracks and above this ghost that area of the ceiling collapses does that mean it takes bludgeoning damage from the falling ceiling it does so i'm gonna roll for some bludgeoning damage it's gonna resist the bludgeoning damage because ghost it did not like that. There is now also a very, there's a hole in the ceiling and a very, very grumpy postgrad who has fallen through the hole, who was already grumpy because there was a party going on beneath their room. And now, in fact, uh, they are on the ground and there's a ghost knight above them and they are very unhappy. And uh, do I recognize what? this postgrad? You do. Is it one of the three, pe- the four people from my office? Because I can guess which one it is if it's that one. It is one of the people <laughs> from your office. Oh no. Is it Haldora? <laughs> it is Haldora. Damn it. She is on the ground conscious, but hurt um, as this ghost knight frees itself from the rubble. It was a path buried in. I am going to take my bonus action to attempt to move the ghost knight away from her. Yeah. Yes, you can. Definitely. So you, move, you move it away. Anything else Pench is doing? Can I just yell? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, at Haldora, because okay. like, eep. She, she's very confused. She doesn't actually know what's happening because she wasn't, suddenly her floor collapsed. Um, Hearn takes these two shards of the pyramid, presses them together, lines them up perfectly, and it flashes and seals along the seam. Just one more. And he runs towards Harold and asks for your shard. Is it my turn? You can hand it to him as a, free, as a freebie. I, I do that, yeah. He takes it, puts it together, and it flashes and seals into a, a complete pyramid. He hands it to you, Harold, and says, get it beneath that ghost. Harold, your turn. Having heard that, but not wanting to get anywhere near that thing, I will spin the orb, and the, the form of a hawk appears as a constellation on the orb. And as I thrust the orb forwards in my hands, like a projection, the, the, the outline of a spin, of a, of, a, of a constellation spirit of a hawk appears and it flies down and grabs the pyramid from my hand and just flies uh, underneath the ghost with the, the pyramid in its beak. Nice. Very cool. So as the pyramid gets underneath this ghost, it emits a beam of energy straight up and this ghost is going to try and resist this beam of energy, but it has double disadvantage effectively because it has two beams attached to it. I'm going to roll three and pick the lowest, which is good because it's making a charisma saving throw to try and resist. And the first one, it rolled a 22. 14. And the third, it rolls a five. Had to beat a 10. Yes! 
it get pulled down into this pyramid, wailing as it gets sucked in. And then the pyramid, there's this snap, and the beam stops, and it just sits there. Woohoo! Encounter over. You beat my ghost. Can Meredith, like, jump up and down and go, yeah! <laughs> Hello, my friends. It's Ben, your friendly Dungeons & Doctorates DM here. Hoping you're enjoying the episode and reminding you to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at dndoctorates and to use the hashtag dndoctorates. Remember that you can find more about the show and our link tree via our website, dndoctorates.com. Have a read of our wiki and maybe add something to it if you want. We have a mid-show message today being read out by Ross, so I will pass it over to him. The following message comes from Beatrice, spelt with two E's. According to all known laws of aviation, there is no way a bee should be able to fly. Its wings are too small to get its fat little body off the ground. The bee, of course, flies anyway, because bees don't care what humans think is impossible. Thanks for that message, Beatrice. A nice sentiment, even if scientifically flawed. Thanks for that, Ross. Always good to hear about things that humans think are impossible actually being true. There's some interesting science behind that, but I'm not going to get to that on this show. You should check out the non-peer-reviewed podcast for that kind of thing. And if you want one of us to read out a message either as ourselves or as a character, fill out the form in our link tree and we will put it into a future episode. I want to remind you that the next episode's going up next Thursday on the 12th of November. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, Remember to rate and review us on your podcasting app of choice. Thank you so much. Let's get back to the episode. I'll have Orion um, fly back and um, bring the pyramid to me. Wait, are they all named Orion? Yep. They're all named, okay. (laughs) Okay. Because your squid's named Orion. I just wanted to check. Mm Mm-hmm. It's this way. Harold only has to remember one name. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. true. But also, Orion is the name of the spirit, and it takes various forms, but Orion Ah. is the the spirit. Okay, cool. The constellation spirit. Um, And yes, I will hold up my hand and take the pyramid and then look over at Hearn and say, I assume you know what to do with this thing. I feel like it already fell into the wrong hands once. Oh, yeah. I've got this. And he takes it um, and says, Nora, are you good here? I have to go get rid of this thing or at least lock it up. He runs off out of the room. Um, I was just going to like, I know I have two in my hand, but with the one that I was using, well, I don't, I have one like tucked away because I was casting with my other hand. But with the one that I was using, I just kind of want to gesture like after him being like, what do you want the thing back? He's, he's left the room. Nora yeah. says, oh, I can, I can take those. Those being a plural. Wasn't going to give both back, but sure, that's also fine. Well, you can, you can, you could ask if you want to keep it. Do you think that this is the only issue we're going to have with these? Um, Nora says, I think Hearn wouldn't mind one missing. So I hand her back the one I was using, and I just don't say anything else because she may or may not have seen me see the second one. Take the second one. She she like gives you a sly nod, and she looks across I- at Harold and Meredith. Gives you a bit of a wave. Hey, hey, Ben, question. What do I put in my inventory? What am I calling this thing? We'll call it a a spectral grappler. Not a proton pack, then. Not a proton pack. Um, so she gives, gives Harold and Meredith a bit of a wave. Um, but before she leaves, she says to Potentia, 
you do look nice, by the way. I don't say anything in response to that. She leaves. Um, can I, after that, just go check on Raymond, who is on the floor? Yeah, Meredith's going to do the same. He's looking a little dazed. Mm. Oh, that that exploded. Yep, it did that. I'm gonna have to try. I'm gonna have to track that Tabaxi down and get my money back. Tabaxi, you say? Yeah. This, Where did you meet this guy? This grey fur Tabaxi <gasps> uh, at the Adventurers Guild. He he sold it to me. Mm-hmm. Did you catch their name? You know, I I don't think they actually gave me their name. Interesting. Do you see them a lot at the Adventurers Guild? No, it's my first time seeing them there. While this conversation is going on, given he now seems fine, I'm going to move myself away mm-hmm. because I'm now concerned that I've made a name for myself amongst the adventuring appreciation people. Speaking of which, during this, Harold is uh, ducked under the table to check to check on the rest of the adventuring admiration society people. Katya kind of crawls forward as the representative of the group. Harold, is, is it over? Yes. It's done. We managed to put that thing back in the place that it came from, and it's being disposed of as we speak. That was a lot scarier than the the stories you tell. Yes, well, sometimes you have to leave out little details, but you're all right, and that's the main thing. Um, She reaches out to you to help help her up. Yeah, I I feel like a solid arm. It's at this point I'll probably drop my archer form because I realize that I currently look like the embodiment of a constellation right now. Mm -hmm. Just casually. Yeah, and just let that let that drop. (laughs) So I'm still talking Mm -hmm. to Raymond. Meredith is going to so Ben, you and I talked about this before. Meredith is going to pull out that one of those little cards that she gave to Jeff before with her address and somewhere to reach her on um, and gives it to Raymond. And she says, if you see this grey tabaxi, you have to tell me. We've encountered him before and we need to know where he is. And she pulls out this like little stamp that has like a a symbol on it. And she flashes it to Raymond and then puts it back inside her jacket. You can see that he recognises what that stamp is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Do I see this happening? Uh, You're over with Katya. And, and, And even though you have excellent passive perception, you are currently occupied in front of you. Katya, Katya also has has not let go of your hand. She's like she's she's clinging to you at this stage. Mm-hmm. So Meredith pats Raymond on the like squeezes his shoulder gently and says, "Thank you. I really appreciate that." Now we need to get you to some healers. Let's go. Gore is helping up Michael off the floor and like dusting him off. In my movement away from Raymond, I was trying to move towards Haldora. She looks a little stunned and very bemused. Okay, I'm going to offer her a hand to help her stand up. She will accept the hand. Are you all right? Um, looks at herself, dusts off. Well, that's definitely put my study, uh, studying into, well, I have to find those books again, I suppose. Looking at the pile of rubble. Oh, I'm fine. Yeah. How are you? It's been a night. She looks around the room. I thought my headache was the worst thing happening here. Yeah, it's amazing what you miss with your head in a book. She nods. Didn't want to come downstairs to the... She... I cast my arm around. Merriment? Not really my scene. Yeah, mine either. She looks at you. Are you sure? Yeah. Um, and I sort of look across at where Harold and Meredith are. Yeah. I mean, you met my friends. Mm, excitable people. Enthusiastic. Yeah. I'm going to see if I am going to get in some kind of... There's a hole in my floor. Can I call Michael over? You, uh, Michael comes over. Yeah. What's... Gore, and, and, Gore, and Gore is just like fussing over him at this point. Haldora is concerned that she will be blamed for the whole in her floor. I think that can be blamed on the exploding ghost thing that happened. I think that sounds like an excellent idea. 
I just look back at Haldora and just sort of smirk in that. Well, everything's fixed now, right? Well, I... Except for the hole in my floor. I, I bet that sort of, like, laugh-off yeah. thing of, like... <laughs> yeah. Michael, Gore, and Haldora are going to go uh, try and find some kind of... I'm thinking resident assistant they can report this incident to. If Meredith is leaving with Raymond, then I would probably approach that group, much as I don't want to. Sort of tap... Harold on the shoulder and just say I'm heading home but I after the events of the evening I don't particularly want to walk by myself I will look at you probably for the first time in a couple of hours now and um, just survey your face and I will turn to the the, the adventurous group and say well uh, it was lovely talking to you all of course I shall have to uh, come along to the next meeting and tell you how I took a knife to the back from a ghoul earlier tonight (laughs) But given that, I'm not feeling too great, and um, I think it's time that I leave. Um, do you guys know Potentia? I was telling you about her fireballs earlier. She's very talented. Uh, they look at Potentia, but they're all kind of world-weary. Like, they've got, like, a, yeah. a thousand-yard stare at the moment. Yeah. Hi. Yeah, I was talking to your president earlier, um, who has walked it off with. Yeah, Meredith and, and him have left the room. Well, I suppose you'll have a few stories of your own now as well. I, I say to the group. And they all kind of look at each other like, and, and one of them's like, yeah, I, I guess we do. Like he's trying to find a silver lining to the, the terror they've just had. I'll, um, I'll reach into my pocket and produce my special tobacco and I will give it to him <laughs> oh, and yes. say, yeah, this will probably help. Thanks. <laughs> I Takes forgot it. you had that. And I'll turn back to Potential and say, yeah, it's been a long night. Should we, should we head off? I think that's a good idea. And actually, before she leaves, she's just going to take her shoes off because she's a thousand percent done with these pointy heels and she knows that there's cobblestones ahead. She's mm-hmm. just like, I can't. I'm going to do that horrible thing of the formal dress and the heels in hand walking through the city, but I am I'll, uh, done with my shoes. I'll have, I'll have a Ryan um, land and just sort of grab the heels Aww. With, it, with, his, with, his, with his hawk and just have a Ryan just fly behind us with the heels okay um as you two leave the room uh katya watches you leave the whole way mm-hmm. just 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 stands there and watch you watches you leave i'm getting daggers to the spine <laughs> but a different kind meredith as you're walking raymond to the medical center um aldwin catches up with you mm-hmm. hey um do you mind if i walk with you as well that's fine. Aldwin, right? Yeah. Actually, if you could help me, that would be really really great. We're heading to the, the health center. Is it on the way okay, yeah. to where you are? Or um, Not really, but I, I don't mind. I'll, I'm happy to help. Okay. Meredith has no idea what's going on, just quietly. <laughs> so you, Raymond, and Aldwin walk off through campus towards mm-hmm. the medical center. Cool. Harold and Potentia walking through campus towards your apartments over in Okoro. I just kind of want potential to pause in a way that's just like, I don't want to keep walking, but I need to have a conversation before we keep walking. You know the pause I'm, the kind of pause mm-hmm. I'm talking about? Whereabouts are we at this point? So you've got the entire campus to travel through and then the bridge and then Oak Row. So I'll let you pick wherever you'd like to have the conversation. So we're still on campus then. If potential pauses, I will also stop and look back. I am sorry about earlier. I, it all got a bit much. Listen, I, uh, I know I, probably pushed a little too much and i apologize for that but sometimes people keep secrets because other people's perception of them will change when those secrets get out 
You don't owe me your secrets, Potentia. That's not what I need from you. You know, you, I, I didn't demand answers of you. I just said that one day I would like to know. Maybe because I care about you and maybe I have this wrong, but I thought maybe for once in your life you may want something, somewhere, someone to run towards instead of somewhere to run away from. You know, Meredith and I really care about you and... You know, you, you hurt my feelings when you ran away because that means you don't trust me. And if you have something to say, please, like, say it to my face. Don't put words in my brain. That's not the way to have a conversation with somebody. I, 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 can't, de- I can't deal with some psychic conversation. It, it matters too much. We, it's not, that's just not how I do things. I'm sorry. Okay. I feel like she walks over to the closest bench and sits down and just says, what do you want to know? I'll, I'll sit down next to Potentia. It's not really about what I want to know. I mean, I, I want to know everything, eventually, I guess. I mean, I, I know who you are now, and I like that person. I, I wish you liked them a little more. But it's not about what I want. I was just trying to say that if you if you wanted to tell somebody or, or confide in somebody, that, 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 that it would be safe, that we can't change who we were in the past. Goodness knows I've made decisions that I wish I could change, but I, I can't. All that matters is who we are now. And that's the potential that I like. And it doesn't it doesn't matter to me what happened in the past, but it would be nice to know so that I I understand you better. I I don't want I don't want to force things out of you. That was never my intention. Your father would know this now. Now that he knows my last name. Much as that is not something that lots of people know here. He knows what my family's background is. He showed me that much. And it is terrifying to think that people who, it seems, like me for me, might change their opinion if they knew the place I come from and the people I come from. Families like yours, Harold, are very good at knowing things that that one does not want them to know. You would have seen the stress on my face. You are a perceptive individual. It is not that I don't want to tell you and Meredith things. It is that I am afraid of what telling you those things will change. Because Meredith is so happy with everything that she doesn't need to have this to deal with. And you, you are so different from your family, which is good. I wish it was that easy. You say your family's names are all o- your family name is all over this campus. You said so on the first day I met you. So are mine in different ways. From far across the seas, they still manage to be here. Can't run from them. I just don't understand what it would change. It doesn't change who you are now. It doesn't change anything. You've clearly spent a lot of time carving your own path in life, which is something I admire about you. You know, I'm desperately trying to do that for myself in a lot of ways. I don't think your family or your heritage defines you. It affects everything, of course it does, but it isn't who we are. It's just part of a story that we tell ourselves. It- it's true. And she pulls out of her, like, pocket, because this dress has pockets. It's very important. Heck yes, it does. She pulls out a piece of parchment and a very small quill, because a full-size quill would not fit. This is not a uh, mm. pocket of holding. And just writes her last name down on it and folds it in half and hands it. Just says, you can look if you want. To walk back towards wherever Orion has perched himself to get her shoes. (laughs) Harold. 
I'll open the parchment. Do I recognize the name? Her last name is Ha Doctrina. Her family, centuries ago, codified what you would know as a doctorate. They defined the education practice that this entire university and many universities are founded on. And I'll use druid craft to turn the parchment into a purple flower. And I'll hand it back to Potentia and just say, should we go? I think I'm in need of some sleep. She just looks at him, trying desperately to read what that, whether there's anything in his face that says what he makes of what he, she feels must now know. Yes, do an insight. 18. Harold doesn't seem phased by that information. You get the feeling he meant what he said, that a name's just a name, and that he probably really honestly doesn't care that much about where you came from. He just wants to understand, and that what he said was truthful. You see the tiniest little smile of, like, probably more smile than you've seen on her face, aside from when she, like, smashed it at Barbarian Chess. Yeah. Like, and she just sort of walks over having taken her shoes back from around um, and like starts walking but like walks over to you and then starts walking so mm-hmm. Harold follows probably dismisses Orion at this point because it's probably been about mm. an hour by now doesn't say anything just just follows he slows just so that they're walking next to each other rather than playing follow the leader as the night wraps up Meredith makes her way back to her partly damaged student dorm Mm-hmm. having dropped off Raymond and oblivious uh, to the attentions of Alvin. It's like, oh, he's really nice. <laughs> uh, Harold drops off Potentia at her apartment and continues on to his. As he walks along the streets of Oak Row, well past midnight, a shadow passes overhead. In this, in this moonless night, a shadow passes overhead. Some kind of large creature silently passing overhead you weren't a hundred percent sure as you make your way into your apartment but it looked like a very large very black cat silently moving across the city 